Merry Christmas uh, to you guys, and I'm just so glad that you're choosing to spend the time with us. And this series, man, has been has been great. And I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, if this is your first time here, we've been doing this series called Ghost of Christmas Past because there's these things that tend to pop up and haunt us, right? There's these things that tend to come and, and to, to haunt us, especially during this time. These things from our past, these memories from our past, these things that come up and, and they haunt us. They keep us from living out God's best. You know, for example, we, we spoke about you know, a letting go of past offenses. You know, those past offenses, those things that, have, man, they, they, you know, when you feel offended, when, 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 when something happens to you and somebody says something to you that really hurts you and really offends you, you know, it's, it's one of those things, those past offenses, those are one of those things that keep us back. Man, we learn to let that go, to let it go so that we can really begin to trust God by God's grace. And we, now last week, well, actually this Sunday, we spoke about the ghost of shame, right? And shame is very much different, isn't it? It's very much different than guilt. Because guilt says, guilt says, man, you, you know, you, you did something bad. But shame says, I am bad. And so we learn to let go of the ghost of shame, you know, and, uh, and that's what we were talking about last week. No, actually, we were talking about uh, trying to become, like you guys have probably seen that movie Ghostbusters, right? And you know that saying that they always say, you know, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And I'm praying that, that by God's grace, that would be us. That we'll be able to say that as, as, we, as we confront these ghosts of Christmas past that come and haunt us, that we'll be able to let them go by God's grace so that we can experience God's best right now. And today, I want to talk about overcoming labels. Barrios mentioned this a little bit, uh, a little while ago, but have you guys ever heard this phrase before? Have you guys ever heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never what? Harm me. Have you guys heard this? And I've heard this over and over again. It's a very popular saying. I hear it all the time. But, you know, I've heard, I've never really met somebody that said, you know, yeah, that's a true statement. Right? Because I think everybody that's here knows that words are powerful, aren't they? And that words hurt. You know, that words hurt. Listen, let me, let me list off some words for you guys. What, do you, what comes to mind and what emotions do you feel when you hear these words? Just think about these words. I'm going to say a couple words. And I want you guys to think about what kind of emotions uh, are, are, are striking up, okay? You are, man, you're so smart. I, I am proud of you. You're so beautiful. I love you. What, what kind of emotions come up <coughs> when I say that? How about this? Now, how about these words? You are so dumb. Man, you're dumb. You know, you're such a failure. You know, you're never going to amount to nothing. What emotions come up when you hear those words, those sets of words? What comes up? And I'm sure that you've heard some of those words and, and, and some emotions are stirred up when you hear it. You know, maybe you have pleasant memories of somebody who told you, I love you and you're beautiful. And man, you just think back to that time when you walked through Central Park with that special someone holding hands and you guys whispered in each other's ear, I love you. Or maybe you remember like that tyrannical dad, you know, that, or, or, or that person in your life that, I hate you, man, get out of my life. I wish I never knew you. And, you know, you, you, all these memories are triggered in your mind. There's these emotions that come up because of those words. And words are definitely powerful. And during a time like Christmas time, you guys know this, where all the emotions are heightened because of all that's going on and because of all the nostalgia that's going on during Christmas time, all these emotions are, are, are brought up and they're heightened during this time. And, and, when you, and if you're in a, in a home where there's this loyalty and there's this trust or there's abuse, then a word, words like I hate you, man, they, they seem to ring 
super hard, right? Or I can, I can never trust you again. And especially during Christmas time. Those, those words will hurt any time, but they're especially as harsh during Christmas time. Or if you're in a home where there's more peace and there's a lot of love and there's less relational friction, then words like, I love you, or I love spending time with you during Christmas time feels especially good. It, it brings up a sense of joy and of passion. You know, but regardless, words are powerful, and you guys all know this. You know, and in fact, the Bible backs this up. If you guys take out your notes, by the way, guys, those are your notes. You feel free to write on them, some fill in the blanks, and some verses there for you guys. And that's all for you. So if you open it up there, uh, one of the first verses that you'll see is from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I would love if we would read this verse together. It's super short. Let's read it all together. Ready? Go. The tongue has the power of life and death. Man, this is... Isn't this true? The tongue, not just your physical tongue, but the words that roll off your tongue, right? And the words that you say. Your tongue, the mouth, your mouth, the words that you speak have an immense amount of power. Do you guys know that? There's an immense amount of power in your, in your words or in your mouth. Listen, you can either build someone up and you can encourage somebody with your words or you can destroy them completely. And it's why, you know, I'm a dad, I have three children. I try to tell my kids as often as possible, I love you. Those three simple words. All the time. I try to tell them. I want to I wanna build that into them. Every night before they go to bed, we say our prayer, I love you. I love you as many times as I want. Because words are very powerful. Your words are super powerful. When you begin to hear something over and over and over again, you begin to believe it. When you hear words over and over, that are spoken over you over and over again, you begin to believe those words. And in fact, you can even begin to wear it, in a sense. And you hear those words often. You know, you could put it on. And if you could visualize it, I just want to show you guys what this might look like. Right here, Barris is going to come up, and he's going to help me. Uh, but if you hear these words over and over and over again, then you just begin to wear it like this. Like, man, you're such a liar, man. Dude, you're such a liar. You, you said you would be there for me, and you wasn't. Man, you know what? You know what, man? You're definitely not the sharpest guy around, man. You're, you're pretty dumb, man. You're, you're pretty dumb. How about this one? Oh, man, you're not even worth a postal stamp, man. You're, you're completely worthless. You begin to wear these words. Man, you know, you, you, I know you try your best, Stephen. You try your best, but you know what you are, man? You're a big old failure. You're just such a failure. Actually, you know, I should put this one right here. Man, because you look like you got hit by an ugly stick. Wow, look at that. He's just super ugly. Let me see, I got a couple more for you, man. Well, because you're all those things, you know, you're such a disgrace. Dude, you're a disgrace. Oh, man. And, uh, and I got one more for you. Because you're all those things. Who, who's ever going to love this guy right here? Man, you're unloved. <laughs> man, and, and if you hear these words over and over and over again, and you can tend to wear these words, right? And they have these negative effects, and you wear them over and over. And I'm sure, you know, some of you guys have heard some of these words, and, and it's happened to you before. And you can tend to wear them over and over again. <laughs> you know, earlier this year, I was able to participate in this after-school program. There's a school right across the street here. I don't know if you guys know this, PS299. And this past year, I was able to participate in this program where we did a character development and a basketball thing with some kids from third through fifth grade. It was six weeks, super simple, a couple hours with some, some young men teaching them character development. And playing, playing the game of basketball. I love basketball. They're teaching them how to shoot, run games, whatever. And, uh, and towards the end of the whole thing, I had the young man sitting down. One of the guys, you know, he, 
he tends to throw tantrums, okay? And so he threw a little tantrum. He wanted to keep playing. And coach said it was, it was time, your time was up. And so I said, why don't you go over there, throw your little tantrum. I got to address these guys here. But anyway, as I'm talking to them, as I'm talking to these boys, it's reaching the end of the program. I looked at these boys. I looked at every single one of their eyes. And I told them, guys, I want you to know something. Three simple words, by the way. I said, I, I want you to know something. You know, I don't know if you ever heard this before. I don't know if you've heard it recently. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. But guys, I don't just come here so that I can teach you character development. I don't just come here because I love the game of basketball. I want to tell you three simple words. Why I'm here today, why I'm really here, because of this, I love you. And I told those young men that ages from, from third grade to fifth grade, I told them, I love you guys. And, uh, and then we, we closed up our program. Well, anyway, I'm all, you know, I'm, I got to deal with the kid throwing the tantrum over here, right? And I look, and the, the kid is bawling. He's throwing, he's like, he's just crying. I'm like, great, this, I'm going to send this kid home to his mom with tears in his eyes. You know, she's going to come after me. Like, what did you do to my kid? So I go, okay, you know, relax, calm down. What's going on? And he tells me, I'm crying because of what you just said. These are tears of joy. That's what that kid told me. Man, guys, words are so powerful. Are there negative words? You can, you can completely destroy somebody. Or with these positive words, you can completely build somebody up. Our words are so powerful, they can either build you up or tear you down. And some of us are here today, and we're being haunted by these labels, like, like the labels that Barrios is wearing just now. Some of us are haunted by those labels, words that somebody shared to us, that somebody said to us. So you know what? Some of these things are things that we believe about ourselves. Maybe somebody said something hurtful to you. Maybe you did something wrong. Because you did something you know you wasn't supposed to do. And then you're living with the guilt of what happened. And those words, you're haunting your own self with those words that you place upon yourself. And listen, you can hear the words on the outside, but you know what happens? You believe it on the inside, and you begin to internalize these words deep down inside. You begin to wear these words like just like, he, just like Stephen had a little while ago. You know, perhaps you've heard, man, you're insensitive, you're hot-headed, you're annoying, your family's dysfunctional, you know, your family's broken, and everything that's happened, guess what, it's your fault. Everything that's going on, it's all your fault. You know, and listen, we need to acknowledge, okay, we need to acknowledge that maybe there's some truth to some of those statements. If there is some truth, then you need to admit it. Maybe you are short-tempered, right? If you're, if you're short-tempered, then you got to admit, man, I got an issue here. I, you know, maybe you're not the most motivated person in the world. Then you have to own up, you know, to what part of that belongs to you. Maybe there is some truth, but you need to realize this, that what's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. Okay, what's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. And here's why. The reason why is because God's power is bigger than your past. God's power is bigger than your past. And this is why we're so passionate here about Jesus and, and how He can change lives. Listen, many of you that are sitting here today, you're, the, you're, you're a testimony. You're, you're a story to the power of Jesus Christ in your life and what God has done. You're sitting here today, maybe you were a drunkard or you were an addict. And God came and He radically delivered you from that, from that lifestyle. Maybe you were a thief and you were a liar, but God got a hold of your life. Maybe you were promiscuous and you were seeking out love in all the wrong places. You know, but then you discovered God's perfect love through Jesus Christ. And you're sitting here today and you're a testimony to God's power. So if you're walking around with a negative label, then, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to name it something different. 
Name that negative label something different. Change the label and give it a different name. Let me explain myself to you a little bit. You know, nowadays, you know, names don't really matter. Like, like let's say, you know, when you get a new kid now, you know, people get pretty creative with how they name their children, right? Uh, but not, that wasn't so in Bible days. In Bible days, they, they gave their children names, you know, with a specific meaning. You know, that's why I name my kids what they have. My firstborn, he has my name, Daniel Torres Jr. But, but Daniel is the Hebrew for, you know, God is my judge. And that, that's what I named him. I named my middle child Christian because that's what I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a, Christian means Christ follower. I'm a follower of Christ. And that's why I named Christian Christian. And my youngest, you guys know Melody, and uh, I called her Melody because I had a love for music. I really love music. I used to love to play music. And so I named her after my love for music. And so my kids, they all have a very specific name. In the Bible times, it was very similar. They would give their names, the, the, the children's names, for a specific reason. And in the Old Testament, there's a story about a guy named Jacob and his wife Rachel. Right? They were madly in love and they were trying to have children, but unfortunately they just couldn't. And they were praying and they, were, they, were, they really wanted a kid. Eventually, you know, God blesses them and, and they are able to have children. But when she's given birth to her second son, they experience complications. You guys have this in your notes. You can read along in your notes. I'm going to have it up here on the screen. Here's what it says. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. We go on to read it. It says this in verse 18. As she breathed her lives, in other words, she's experiencing this, this complication, and she's about to die, giving birth to her son. For she was dying. She named her son Ben-Oni. Remember that for a second, okay? You maybe want to underline that. We're going to come back to that in just one second. But his father named him what? What did his father name him? Benjamin. And when you look up the definition or you look up the Hebrew translation, you know, they remember the names meant something. And she's here. Her, her midwife is delivering the baby. Remember, guys, this is pre-epidural, okay? She couldn't have, you know, any epidural. She's delivering this baby wherever they are, all right? All natural. And she needs to deliver. And something happens. There's some kind of complication. Something, I don't know what's going on. Or they lost too much blood. I, you know, I really don't know what's going on exactly. The Bible doesn't give us, you know, specifics. But she's getting ready to die. And she names the kid this Ben-Oni. And what you need to know is that Ben-Oni translates to son of my sorrow. Son of my sorrow. And this is understandable, right? She's birthing this child. She's been praying to God, God, give me a, a, give me a son. Give me a baby, God. And finally a baby comes, and what happens to her? She loses her life. So as she's breathing her last breath, she names her son Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. Can you guys imagine her pain? Can you imagine her suffering? You know, there's no medication to help her or ease her pain. You know, there's, there's no EMTs to come out and help revive her or whatever. Okay, this, you know, what's, what's going on here? She's going through much suffering. But what about Jacob? Jacob as well is waiting for a child. He wants a child and he's waiting. And how do you think he feels as a dad? He's, he's losing not only his, not only, he's losing his, you know, his wife, the, the one that's giving birth to his son, the one that's giving him this son. He's losing her in this, in this process. And so she calls him Benoni, but he decides to change the name of the baby. And you guys remember what he named, what he changed it to? It was 
Benjamin. He changed it to Benjamin. Here's what Benjamin means. Benjamin means son of my right hand. Son of my right hand. So on her deathbed, she names him Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. But he says, no, 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 I cannot name my son. I know that it's causing me so much pain. It's causing me so much devastation. But I can't have my son walking around with this, with this label, with this name. I got to change his name. I'm going to call him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. And the right hand, guys, what you need to know is represented. It represented a position of authority and blessing. To sit at the right hand of the father. And Jacob chose to bestow this upon his child, calling him a blessing, even though while in the process of birth, his mother passed away. His wife passed away, Rachel. She, Rachel, died. And listen, it's the same for us. It's the same for us. You don't get to choose what comes into your life. You don't get to choose what comes into your life, but you can choose what to name it. You cannot choose what comes into your life, but you can choose what to name it. And listen, what situations are you facing right now in your life? What difficulties do you find yourself in right now? What hardships, what labels have you been wearing that come back to haunt you over and over and that keep you from experiencing God's best? What difficulty are you facing right now? You may not have control of what happens to you, but guess what? You can control what you name it. You can control how it affects you. You can control that. Remember, God's power is bigger than your past. God's power is bigger than your past. Some of you, before you entered the doors of the church, you said, man, God can never love someone like me. Before you even came, you just, that's just really hard in your mind. Now, there's no way. There's no way that God could love somebody like me. There's, there's this guy in the neighborhood. His name is Camacho. We see him all the time. And, uh, and he's always walking around. And I'm always inviting Camacho to church. Come to church, Camacho, man, Come. He looks at me, he says, no way, man. If I go there, the statues will start moving. And that's what he says, that's what he really thinks. And some of you, some of you guys, before you came here, you said, you know, man, there's no way that God could love somebody like me. You know, the, the, the stuff that I've been, the stuff that I've gone through, you know, man, I, I just can't, you can't, God can't forgive me because of what I've done or because of these labels that I wear. But this is the best news of all. This is the best news of all. Listen, you guys know why we celebrate Christmas, right? You guys know why we celebrate Christmas. You know, while, while we're on the topic of, of labels and names, I want you to see this most special name, which gives us the reason why we celebrate Christmas. If you guys turn in your notes, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, I want you guys just to follow along there in your notes. It says this. Let me just make sure if I have it up here. I don't, but here's what it says. You have it there. It says, Mary will give birth to a son. And you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Let me read that one more time. Mary's going to give birth to a son. And this is the angel talking to Joseph, telling him about the birth of Jesus. And you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the famous Christmas story in the New Testament from the book of Matthew. You guys have probably read it over you know, many times. You've heard it many times during this Christmas season. The angel appears to Joseph and begins to tell him that you know, Mary's going to have this child. It's crazy. I know she's a virgin and she's going to give birth to this baby. The baby's the savior of the world. You're going to call him Jesus. And so the, the angel gives Joseph the name of this child. His name is Jesus. And Jesus is the Greek, the Greek form of Joshua. Right, so Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, and, and this is what Joshua means. The angel said it. It means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. 
You're going to call him Jesus because the Lord saves. And you see, Jesus came into the picture to rid us of the worst label of it all. And you know what the worst label that we can, that we all have to own to this, that we all have to the worst label of them all, is sinner. And Jesus came into this world to help remove, or to remove the worst label of them all, sinner. The Bible says that we have all fallen short. We all fall short of God's glory, of His glorious standard. And our sin creates a chasm between us and God. There's this huge chasm that separates us from God. And there's simply nothing that you can do to fix it. Now listen, every other religion will tell you different. They'll say, no, uh, you know, say a couple Hail Marys, okay? Say a couple Our Fathers, or go, go to church, or go, you know, pray, or read your Bible, and then God's going to forgive you of your sins. And only in Christianity do we see that none of that is true, that we're utterly hopeless because of our sin. And what is sin? Sin, it's God's moral law written on human hearts. That's what sin is. It's God's moral law written on human hearts. And no matter how good of a person that you think you are, you have sin. And that sin is sufficient enough to condemn you. That sin is sufficient enough to condemn all of us. And if you think you're a good person, let's just put you up to a simple test. I need everybody to participate. This is a real simple test. You guys have all heard of the Ten Commandments, right? That's morality 101. All right, it's a simple test. So if, if this is you, don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. And I'm just going to put you just three out of the ten commandments. Here's number one. It says, do not lie. Have you ever told a lie? Raise your hand if you ever told a lie. Yeah, me too. All right, you failed on the first morality 101. It says, do not steal. Have you ever stolen something, no matter how little? Have you ever stolen anything, all right? Downloaded something you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have right, on the internet, right? That's stealing. What about this one? Honor your mother and your father. Anybody ever dishonored their mother or their father? Listen, come on, even when they wasn't looking, don't lie. You know, maybe you didn't do it to their face because you end up with a chancla in the back of your head. But while they wasn't looking, right, you would dishonor them? Listen, that's just a couple of the Ten Commandments. And we've all failed. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And because of our sin, we stand before God guilty. We are guilty before God because of that. And according to the Bible, the wages of our sin is what? death. That's what you deserve. You deserve to die. That's what it costs. How much does it cost to sin? It costs your life. You deserve to die because of our sin. But this is why we celebrate Christmas. Because according to the Bible, the wages of our sin is death. But God sent Jesus to come over 2,000 years ago. Love came down and rescued us. Love in the form of Jesus Christ. Because the wages of sin is death, Jesus said, I'll pay the bill. I'll pay the price for them. I'll pay the price. And Jesus came down. And listen, maybe you're standing and you say, come on, Danny. My sin isn't that bad. Then I'm afraid one of two things for you. Either your view of sin is too small and you don't understand the gravity of your sin condition. Or two, your view of God is too small. And you don't understand how holy he is when, when, you, when he compares it, when you're compared to his sin. He's so holy. He's so good. He is so unfathomable that we cannot approach him in sin and live. We cannot. So God sends Jesus to live out his love in perfection. Jesus walks on this earth. He lives a life that we couldn't live. He, and he goes and he dies the death that we deserve. He pays the price for our sin on the cross. And, and not only that, he resurrects. Three days later, conquering Satan, sin and death, so that we can be reconciled to the Father, so that, so that chasm between us and God can be eliminated. Listen, not because of anything good that you can do, 
but because of what Christ did. And the Bible says that all we need to do to experience this great love and forgiveness is to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He raised Him from the dead. And we will be saved. We will be saved. And if you do that, when God looks at you, He no longer sees your sin. He no longer sees your label. When He looks at you, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then He no longer sees your label. He only sees Jesus Christ. He sees Christ's righteousness and not your sin. This is why we celebrate Christmas. We are made new through Christ. Listen, tonight or tomorrow morning, you're going to sit around a tree and you're going to exchange gifts with your loved ones, family, and friends. There's going to be laughter. There might be tears of joy. You know, there will be gladness. There's, there's going to be friends. But most important, the most important gift that was ever unraveled is not sitting under your tree. The most important gift that was ever unraveled is Jesus hung on a tree, buried in a grave, and risen, granting us forgiveness of sin and life in Him and through Him. And now, the Bible says, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me, at the right hand of the Father. Benjamin, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And so we're talking about removing labels of our past that come up to haunt us. And I cannot leave you today without giving you the opportunity to put your faith in Jesus Christ and to remove perhaps the biggest label of them all, the label of sinner. Today, choose to be named a child of God, saved by grace by putting your faith in Jesus today. Now listen, as, uh, as Stephen and Tiffany go around, they're going to be passing out some candles. And we're just going to... We're going to pray. We're going to light these candles, and these candles are going to serve for us as a prayer. And uh, in, your, in your notes, you receive that connection card. Would you guys take out that connection card real fast? In the back, there's some next steps that we can all take. You know, first of all, man, if you, if you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus Christ and make Him Lord and Savior, then please check that off. And there's going to be an opportunity to put that in the bucket later on. And we want to equip you, we want to help you uh, with that later, so please check that off. But there's also a next step that we can all take. And that next step is to let go of my past labels to live out God's best. So please, whether this is your first time here or you've been here since we started, please check off that next step. I want you to take that next step to let go of those past labels and to live out God's best. And then as we light these candles, as you guys help each other to light the candles, we're just we're going to pray together. In the Old Testament... They, the, the, uh, the, the, they, used to, they used to light incense, and it would be as a representative of a prayer. They would, they would put a sacrifice, they would light a sacrifice on fire. So today, all we're doing is lighting up these candles, and, and we're just going to say a prayer. And our prayer, my, my prayer, and I hope that you guys would join me in this prayer as well, is to let go of these past labels, and to trust God, and to live out God's best. So I'm going to say the prayer. You guys just bow your heads and pray with me. And, uh, and while I'm praying, can you guys think of a loved one? Think of somebody that you know as well that maybe has these labels or who hasn't met Jesus yet and hasn't given their life to Jesus. And pray, say a prayer for them this Christmas. And then, and then once we close out the prayer, we all say amen, and then you can blow out the candles. God, we just thank you, uh, Lord, for this message. Thank you for this Christmas Eve. And we thank you, Lord, because over 2,000 years ago, you sent Jesus Christ to come into this world, to
to live the life we could not live, to die the death that we deserve, and to give us new life through Him and reconcile our relationship with you. And so God, today we all want to take this next step, which is to let go of our past labels. You know, maybe we've been labeled a liar, a thief, an adulterer, a sinner. God, these past labels, Father, we want to let go of our past because we want to live out your best, the best through your son, Jesus Christ. So God, everybody here, we're thinking of a loved one. We're thinking of a neighbor. We're thinking of someone who's far from you, God. We want to pray for them right now. We ask that this Christmas, that they would unravel the most important gift of them all, the gift of Jesus Christ. We pray all this together in your precious name. Amen and amen.